And welcome back to another Tuesday episode of the Interleague. As always, I'm Chris. He's Spags. Hello. Today we're going to talk about... Hey, what's up, Spags? Today, I'm here. Today we're going to talk about, you know, riding high, getting low, you know? <laughs> we're up high, we're up high, Yep. and sometimes we're down low. You never know where you're going to be. Last, last week it was all about, you know... Riding low, getting high. Yep. yep. Hey, we're just, everyone's got to do the roller coaster ride, and it's just good for TV ratings. So we're going to take our share today. So sit back, relax, enjoy the ride. Yeah, and uh, it's going. Uh, as, a, as a wise man once told me, America loves drama. So. Sure. It makes sense that, uh, and, uh, we'd like to pause, uh, for this break in ads. Thank you. <laughs> we, an ad we don't have ads suckers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jokes yeah. on you. We're doing this for free. <laughs> yeah, we get paid to do this. Wow. You must, this must be your first episode. Yeah. Anyway, this guy pitching for Texas. I feel like his last name's to Jesus. But it's it's G E U S. I'm like that's that's not. Oh, I see the name. Yeah. Yeah. The guys. Yeah. The Jesus. Brett the Jesus. So we're uh, recording on Tuesday. It's not our fault this time. Um, totally, uh, we're blaming the St. Louis Blues organization. And uh, really, the playoffs. Really, let's let's be fair. It is the Colorado Avalanche's fault. Like, let's blame Stan Kroenke. There was a nine o'clock start time, so that's why we opted not to record. If the Blues would have started at like a normal time, like six thirty, seven o'clock, we just would have recorded after the game. Yeah, but who does NBC slot the recording time? I don't know. Or I'm just gonna assume it has something time? to do with Stan Kroenke. So that's fair. I can get behind that. Uh, well, his kid owns technically. <laughs> is name ownership, I do believe, on the Colorado franchises. Because in the state of Colorado, um, I think there's some law about, like, owning all... Like competing, or, like, competing... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sports some franchises or whatever. It, like, only really matters if you're, like, rich. And, like, I'm not rich, so... Yeah, that's some WPS, I'm, I'm gonna, sure. Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hate on the fact that they own multiple sports franchises across the whole entire globe. It's just dumb. Yep. So. Yep. Share, man. Let me get one. Hook <laughs> brother bro up and just gift it to the interleague. Yeah. Come on. Like, it can be a huge science experiment. Yeah. Being two random guys that talk about baseball on mostly <laughs> Monday nights, sometimes Tuesdays. Can we run a we soccer run a club? Franchise. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't even have to be baseball. Uh, speaking of, have you uh, have you watched any of the uh, what's the oh shit, what's the Apple TV uh, show where the guy goes and runs the soccer league? It's Jason Sudeikis. Uh, no, I know who I know who you're talking about though. I can't for I can't think of the name though. Uh, it's like Barry something or yeah. Gary something. But no, I've I've not watched it. Uh. I have not either. I've been meaning to. I'm uh, scrolling through Apple right now. <laughs> it's gonna kill me if I don't. It should be like. I've heard good things. 
Although there is a new episode of oh Ted Lasso. Ted, that was it. Yeah. Um, I was close. Barry, Gary, yeah. Ted. And Ted. It's the same thing. Ted's our name. Ted's our name. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Travis D'Arno. You know, Ted. Yeah. Um, Good old there's Teddy. Also a new episode or new season of Mythic Quest out there. So I don't know if you ever got around to getting to the first one. Oh, uh, no. Uh, is that the one with uh, the guy from It's Sunny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the uh, know, Mac. Game. Yeah, Mac. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so. They got two seasons out, so, you know. Little fun to watch. I know you'll be creative on watching things on Apple. So, yeah, creative. I like that. Yeah. How you watch that movie? I'm creative. Creatively, <laughs> I'm a problem solver. All right. Yeah. Listen here. Pretty much. Yeah. I had a problem. Fixed it. It's all uh, they need to know. So, but yeah, we're gonna blame Stan Kroenke now. I actually, I actually like that, and here we are on Tuesday night, ready to uh, go talk a week of baseball. Yeah, Blues played. Uh, they showed up for two periods last night, so kind of like maybe a period and a half. Yeah. No, I mean they they were pretty strong through the second after Kyrie turned, you know, tied it up and whatnot. Then it was just the early goal kind of broke their back a little bit. Um, yeah, that top line, time that top line time. from Colorado. Yeah, they're Colorado's just an explosive team, like we were talking about last night. They're just so quick. Um, they were so quick last year too, though. You know, and uh, they're always quick. Like being quick, we just you know, yeah, we didn't. Better. I'm sure we'll adjust. I'm sure we'll we adjust. didn't beat them. We didn't beat them last year either. We got knocked out in the first round too by the crappy who was it? Winnipeg? Is that who beat us last year in the first round? Is it Winnipeg or was it Vancouver? Well, yeah, one of the shitty teams that it's one of those, like, well, it's, it's one of those yeah. Canadian teams. Yeah, yeah, I forget who it was, but you know why you forgot? It's because it was COVID games. Nobody. Yeah, no, they didn't. They didn't matter. It was after like. It even... Yeah, it was after like six months off for the Blues. Yeah, it would only figure the Blues finally win a cup, and then COVID happened. And they can't, you know, rightfully defend their championship. Hey, the Blues did set a record. They were the only they're the only team in NHL history to have a five game losing streak in the playoffs of a single season, so That's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It's just pretty good. It's a deep bar fact. You yeah, can just for uh ten years from now. Yeah, just making history. Yeah. Signing checks. That's what they do. Blues do. Um, but yeah, so baseball though, um, now what are, what are we at? Episode, was this 50, 52, 52, 52, 52. 52. Hey, if it were, um, what? 52 weeks in a year, technically, uh-huh. 52 and a half weeks. So technically not a full year. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's been like yeah, it's been like a a year and a month for us. Yep. Um But yeah, so I don't I don't know. I I feel like I titled this episode um a little darker than intended, like it it seems to come off, but there's there's a run for the Yankees. It'd be really nice if they could drive in 
Judge take away the save opportunity from Chapman. <laughs> Since LeMahieu couldn't get it done last inning. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it was a little darker. Or it is a little darker. But I also feel like it's it's pretty fitting. Like, I feel like... You know, the, the reality sets in, you know, kind of a reality check. I think that that was, I think that's pretty accurate for what our teams went through over the course of the last, you know, six or seven days, eight days mm. since we last recorded. And I know it doesn't feel like that long, but I think that it's uh, kind of that uh, that gut check. Um, so I don't know if you want to start with... The Cardinals, or if you want to start with the Yankees, doesn't matter um, to me. Yeah, I mean, we can start with the birds. It's fine. All right. Well, so like we've been talking about, like last week kind of marred that that first, the first stretch in a while that the Cardinals were going to be challenged. And I, I don't want to say they weren't up to the challenge, but I think it was – I think it was very telling, and that's kind of where, like, the reality check for the Cardinals came into play. I think it was very telling to see where they're at in comparison to what would be considered, like, the top contenders. Um, I I think, like, we, we've said time and time again, the NL Central is the Cardinals for the taking. Um, I will say, like, I think I even messaged you directly, like, that three-game series against Milwaukee was probably one of the most enjoyable series that I've seen, like being an outside of, you know, observer. Like I don't really have a vetted interest in, you know, what the Cardinals do or don't do. It's fun watching them be really bad. Cause I just see my friends like want to jump off a roof all the time. Um, right. But, I, but I ultimately don't really care. I mean, it doesn't have any impact on me. I mean, if the Cardinals are successful in normal scenarios, it means that like, the city's flourishing a bit, you know, where we live. So that's a positive, I guess. Like, there's never any harm that comes to me if the Cardinals do well or if the Cardinals do bad. Like, so I'm pretty indifferent. Um, so when I go to a game, because I, I frequently go to Cardinals games, or I'll watch a lot of their games on TV, and really all I root for is just good baseball. Like, an enjoyable baseball game, this, that, or the other, I don't, I don't really care what the outcome is. Um, and that series against Milwaukee, I will say, like, the three games in general were all really, really enjoyable games to watch. Um, mm-hmm. They were up against, like, really, like, the top pitching from Milwaukee. Um, and it, it was just, like, that hard-fought game. Um, you know, scoring runs late. Um, I think the... I think both the the first and second game, the final score isn't very telling of how the game went. I mean, the first game the Cardinals won six to one, but it was one one going into the eleventh. <laughs> so, um, just two two timely home runs, yeah, um, and then I think it was widen it open. yeah, and I think it's kind of the opposite. Like the Brewers scored three runs in the eighth or something like that, and it was one one prior to that. They won four to one. Um, and then the Cardinals won the rubber match two to nothing. So it was just like very low scoring. Every at bat really mattered. Like opportunities on both sides where defense prevailed. Um, they, they were just, they were fun games to watch. Like they were close. They were competitive. Um, 
maybe the final score didn't end up that way, but like I said, it was like one inning late that led to a lot of that. Um, so, so I will say that, like, it, it was surprising. I, I don't want to say it was surprising. It was, I expected the Cardinals to have a better showing. So I was surprised, not in like how bad the Cardinals did, but in how well the Brewers starters pitched. Yeah. Uh, cause what I think it was like Peralta, Woodruff and Burns, which is like their top three. Yeah. Um, and they, they just all pitched really well. Um, yeah, I had told you that I was like, I guess I didn't realize how like hype they were. Cause even like the announcers, what the Sunday game, no, I guess maybe it was Woodruff's game. The only, I forgot which feed it was, but anyway, they were just talking about like Milwaukee starters in general. And I'm like, man, are they really as hype while Woodruff's over here, like striking. So like, you know, just all of us out. It's like interesting. Okay. And foresee this happening, but um, yeah, it was impressive to watch. Yeah, I think like all three of them pitched into the eighth or something like that. I don't, yeah. I don't know how late. I forget who started on on the third game, but um, oh, so that was the burn. So I think it was the first two. I think Woodruff and Peralta, like both pitched like into the eighth or they pitched through seven or something like that. Um, and I, I think neither one of them had let up a run. Um, when did the Cardinals score their one run in the second game? Yeah. No, in the Wednesday game, they scored in the sixth. Uh, they the scored and they scored in the eighth. They scored in the sixth. Are you, are you looking oh, at the wrong thing? Scored. Milwaukee scored in the sixth. Sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. A, yeah, it's like the Cardinals but, didn't score yeah, in the sixth anyway. in either of those games. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. The so the Cardinals scored in the eighth of both the first and second game. Um, so it was like seven scoreless. Um, I forget. I don't know if I know. Um, yeah, Williams came in and let up the, the one run on in the first game. And then who was it? The second game. It might have been actually off Woodruff in the eighth in that game. Yeah, so Woodruff put, pitched seven and two-thirds, and uh, he gave up the home run to O'Neill to tie the game. Um, but yeah, so like both pitchers had – both starters in the first two games went seven scoreless and then they got the runoff Woodruff. So it was just surprising to see that. But on the flip side, I mean, like the Cardinals pitching also matched that. Um, yeah, but Milwaukee's not fully there offensively. Like we, that should have been the case. Yes. I think. Do, do I think, like I said, like, I, I was shocked at how how competitive the Brewers made it because I think the Cardinals are a better team. I don't think the Cardinals did anything significantly wrong. I think their pitching performed very well. I think they're hitting you know, like they I, the Cardinals had scoring opportunities, I believe, like if I'm remembering correctly, um, they just weren't like driving runs in. Um, I guess in the first game they only had the five hits. Um, but really I feel like that's been like the MO for the Cardinals for a while. 
Um, they only had four hits in the second game, so maybe maybe not in those games. They just weren't hitting, and they had eight hits in the finale. They scored in the first, and they scored in the ninth. Um, but so so prime example, like every game was like one to nothing, one team or the other, like going into the eighth inning. I feel like, yeah. or like going into like the last third of the game, it was like one to nothing, somebody. Um, but yeah, so I, I think like it's, it's been kind of their MO that they're living and dying by the long ball lately. Um, cause even in the San Diego series, it was the same way, which resulted in a three game sweep, um, with two competitive games. And then in one game that the Cardinals just looked like they didn't belong on the same field. Um, but they scored nine runs against Milwaukee in three games. Only three of those nine runs were not scored on a home run. And then in the San Diego series, they scored 10 runs and only two of those were scored not by a home run. Um, so it's quite a bit, you know, like almost 75% of your runs over those series were scored via a home run. Um, either right. either the guy that hit it or guys on base. That's what I was talking about a couple weeks ago. Like it's, I I was it was it's cool that we're hitting the long ball, but that's just not the mo for the Cardinals. So, like you saw it tonight, like cool, like we started hitting home runs tonight, but like we played Pittsburgh tonight. So yeah, how many did they end up with? I know Arenado hit the one in the first. Um, I thought. Uh... And I think that I think there was a guy on for Arenado's home run. Yeah, that was a two run because they walked. Uh, we had a walk and a home run. Dun, dun, dun. There we go. Um, yeah, so it looks like it was just Arenado. So just the two runs tonight, and they had eleven hits. Um, Silver, I guess, like devil's advocate, they scored five runs in the first three innings, and then they didn't score any runs the rest of the game. Um, yeah. You know, but again, but... Again, again against Pittsburgh, this is that wasn't it wasn't like an uh, an excuse, but like cool, like yet again, like it it almost helps prove that like okay, cool, so you played teams that like you should have been competitive or beating if you wanted to prove yourself for the playoffs, and you sh- you. Kind of didn't do that last week. Pretty much didn't do that last week. and But then you beat up on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, yeah. Really beat up on, really. I mean, 11 hits, only scored five runs. Uh, yeah, I, I would say five to two. Did. Didn't walk many guys today, I guess. So. No, I think he only had like one or two. One walk. One, walk, one yeah. yeah. Um, which is a surprise. Um, another one of those Same rare games. Hard-pressed when he goes to the when he goes to the bench. Fans are going to be like, John can't bring him back. And they're going to be like, we're rolling out. Carlos Martinez, sorry. <laughs> and Miles Michaelis. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. John can't going to be right back in it. Fans are going to be mad. He's going to be back there elevating the bullpen's walk numbers. Hell yeah. Um, we have like 100 on the year, so. Yeah, something ridiculous. Yeah, it's um, But yeah, so what? This was game number 42 for the Cardinals and this is the 12th time all season that the Cardinals drew more walks than they uh, issued. Um, That's not a good number. 
I, I, yeah. well, are you keeping well, that count for the rest of the year now? I um, I, I guess I could. Um, I, cause I look at the game. I watch games often enough. Um, and now I just know the numbers. So I just have to make a note of it somewhere, like on the, on the sheet or something like that, like on the notes for each week, uh, yeah. on the agenda, and then we can just update it. But no, like it, it's just like, like I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's it it's weird because like I feel like the Cardinals when when you watch them play, they don't they don't look like a team that should be twenty four and eighteen. Like they look like an average mediocre five hundred baseball club, and it's like like we've said like we we've called it their their credo their moniker like just their their brand this year is bend but don't break um i mean they are they've issued through you know before tonight so this doesn't include tonight's game um but i doubt anyone caught them um but they had issued 184 walks um which is 30th in the league and walks so they've walked more guys than any other team in baseball and it's by like 20 um it's not it's not even a close number um and then they've also hit 29 batters which is 29th in the league so there's one team that's hit more batters than the cardinals and i forget who it is but the crazy part is teams are batting 221 against the cardinals which is tied for seventh and batting average against so like like people aren't hitting the cardinals so it's like Okay, well, are the card is the Cardinals hitting this good? Are pitching is it this good that it's shutting down hitters, or are they just like effectively wild? And like for me, like I'm, I may be, you know, like I know I'm I'm probably in the minority for this, but like Alex Reyes, I full on believe the Cardinals should sell high on Reyes. Like while he is going through what he's going through. Picked up his 12th save tonight. He has a .41 ERA. Great. But the Alex Reyes is the epitome of effectively wild. And it's because he falls behind and counts. So guys take pitches so he gets strikes. And then when guys are in two-strike counts, they're swinging at balls trying to put the ball in play. Because he has a ton of movement. He has zero control. Like, his, like he walked another guy tonight. Like, it's just, it's bad. Like, it isn't. It it hasn't burnt them yet. He's been phenomenal in closing out games, but I just don't know how long it's gonna last. Um, and like effectively wild, just it isn't it isn't a good approach. Like I just don't think it. Like I think that the the strike the the clock will strike midnight at some point on Ray as a season, and it's just gonna go to shit real fast. Um, yeah, I think I think Reyes is doing a good job for what he's doing comparably to what he was supposed supposed to be doing at the beginning of the yeah. year. Yeah. Um, I, he's definitely, you know, I mean, he's out there at least grinding through games. Like, yeah. For in which for him, like he hasn't gotten injured yet. Like, <laughs> True. He is. He is getting through situations. So mm-hmm. like. How much of this is also like just great building blocks for like such a young kid, um, as well. Um, I, I I'd pretty much be indifferent. Like I think it would be interesting if the Cardinals were able to make a deal for him to see whatever it is because we could definitely 
like we have so much pitching that like Alex Reyes there should be another Alex Reyes somewhere in the organization you know like um, you already have a couple hard uh, throwers in there so that could be interesting to me but I doubt the Cardinals just do that they're I think in love with Alex Reyes um, and I'm sure John Mosaic's like man he walks a lot of guys but look at him look at him this is what I knew he was going to be um, so yeah I mean yeah. and it and it looks like he you know settled down a bit tonight but like Polanco first was the first batter walked him on five pitches um, looking at like where they were they were all up and away Every one of them. So it's just like I have a guy on base. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, and it and it was four fastballs, and then after that, it was, you know, he, if if he can get strike one, he'll have a ton of more success. But like he fell behind three and zero, and then Polanco took a pitch, and like the the. Um, strike like called strike was 96 mile per hour fastball middle middle so Polanco's just taken all the way trying to get something started and then you know probably was taken all the way on the next pitch and he missed outside um, but so that's what I'm saying so it's like he falls behind and then guys are like all right well I'm ahead in the count I'm going to look for something and it's usually it usually isn't you know a ton of movement on a sinker or on a slider or a fastball that he just pumps over the plate and guys aren't swinging at those pitches. They're trying to like stay ahead in the count, you know, looking for a pitch somewhere to drive. And then he gets back in the account where it's, you know, three and one, three and two, and guys try to be more aggressive. And then they start to chase, or maybe it'll be like two and zero. Oh, he gets a strike. They foul a pitch off and then he's striking guys out. It's like, he has nasty stuff. Like race has always had nasty stuff. Um, but like some of the things you talked about, like, he has ha- he's had a hard time staying healthy. He's also pitching a ton of innings um, early on. Yeah, so way more innings than I think I probably like, yeah. just because he's closing that I thought. But maybe that also is because um, the three batter minimum. Like even like even if he wasn't closing, he would have pretty much effectively been pitching in innings worth of work anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's creeping up on a little quicker than it used to. Because, you know, three years ago, they would have been like, okay, cool, here's Alex Reyes' one guy, and then get him out of the game. Cool, we saw that, and now, you know, we'll move on that way. Um, this new style accelerates his, and a bunch of pitchers, like, learning curve. Right. Um, and, yeah, and, and it's not to say that he can't continue to be successful. Like, the the talent's there, and maybe he has started to put it all together. I just, like, I have a hard time buying into that given that his walks are where they are um like that that to me is just the part that's like alarming you know that he's walking he's walked 20 guys in 22 innings pitched he's only given up eight hits he's only given up the one run you know like guys are batting 110 against him he's got 28 strikeouts in that same time frame um yeah like he almost has as many strikeouts in 22 innings as gant has in 40. You know, so like it, it's like his his numbers are are there. They're good. They're impressive. Like I'm not, you know, not saying that. Like Kim's thrown more innings and has less strikeouts than Reyes. So it's been that good. But my concern is just that it's that effectively wild, walks too many guys to be for it to be a closer. Like 
so even tonight, it's like if you you know you you walk a guy or two and you give up a home run, that's a tie game, you know, and you're you're making it to where like you're helping guys out. Like even in the the game against San Diego, um, that Kim started, like he on characteristically walked in two guys with the bases loaded. Um, yeah. so like just, just walks in general. It's like, it's not, Everyone it's does. not, yeah, it's not, it's not like race is the only guy having issues with walks. It's just, I think that his, he, he is finding success in spite of himself. Um, and I think that that will eventually catch up to him in the long run. Um, yeah, I mean, look Chapman, Genesis, Chapman got the save, struck out three guys, got the save. Genesis Cabrera in the last seven games. Uh, or last seven, yeah, last seven games, uh, he's pitched eight innings, five hits, five walks, eight strikeouts, and a zero ERA. Yeah, and like maybe, maybe that's just like the new style, I guess. Like, I'm um, maybe walks in general. Play. We yeah. have such a good defense, we walk them to play double play. And now we're pitching into double plays. It's gotta be that's the cardinal way. It's yeah, I have look back at like super old, like when the Cardinal way was being developed and see, did those teams have like really high walk rates? And, like, did they really like oh, our, we're, our bread and butter is defense? We paid Nolan Arenado. We paid Paul Goldschmidt. Tommy Edmond is a, the diamond in a rough player. <laughs> like, how do the Cardinals always have this one guy who's a super utility, can play whatever you want for him, grinds out every play? They always seem to have one, you know, like maybe that's just their style. Yeah, maybe. Um, the other thing too is that like I don't know, like I feel like teams overvalue having a dominant closer, but at the end of the day, like I I really don't think having this like lights out shut down closer is really anything it cracks up to be. Um, is this just you? Salty that Chapman's blown like big saves or no, I, um, I, like yeah, part part of it like not not necessarily that I'm salty, I feel like but the it's percentage just percentage rate of having like an elite closer like like a Chapman or something like that. Like the what rate of you would you consider? Game. Would you consider Kenley Jansen an elite closer? Um. I would say I'd say my real answer was I'd probably be biased because he's a fucking Dodger. Okay. I don't like him. And he he had sure he's probably pretty good. Yeah, he had thirty plus saves between yeah. he had twenty eight or more saves from yeah. or here twenty five saves or more from 2000, oh, 2012 to two thousand nineteen. Then he had eleven yeah. saves in twenty twenty. In uh, sixty games, in, that's pretty good numbers, yeah, but, right? That's uh, that you'd consider that like a good closer. Yeah, but the Dodgers um, beat everyone by like 400 runs or something. Right, but he was still he was still closing, but he was still saving games when he had the opportunity. Well, in the postseason last year, in the postseason last year, he saved two games, and he allowed um what two four runs in one two. And six innings pitched, seven innings pitched. So let up four runs and seven innings pitched. He only saved two games. Um, he had an ERA of 1350 in the NLDS against San Diego and an ERA of 10.80 in the World Series against Tampa Bay. 
So definitely not elite stuff in the postseason, but the Dodgers won the World Series. You know, it's like it, it doesn't take this phenomenal closer to to like I I don't think like the fact that the Yankees pay Chapman a ton of money, I think it's a waste at this point. Like with what I've seen. Like you look at guys like the Giants who have one of the best records in baseball, their closers are Jake McGee and Tyler Rogers. Like I've heard of Jake McGee, but only because he pitched in Tampa Bay. No idea who Tyler Rogers is, but he's having a great year. He's my fancy closer. Like having a good year. He's my, he's my fancy <laughs> Yeah, he's getting me points. That's all I can tell you. You know, but I'm just like, I like the more and more it comes around, I'm just like, what? Like, like, is there too much hype? Is there too much like, like when we look back over like the course like the three years the Cardinals didn't make the playoffs, have we ever once talked about that the Cardinals didn't make the playoffs because they didn't have a closer? Like, I'm sure they blew saves. Like, I'm sure they didn't close yeah. out games. But we've never talked about it being because they didn't have a closer. Well, could this also be because the, um, the at one point in time, Chapman was one of one who could throw as hard as he can. Now, like, everyone that pops out of the woodwork can throw 101, 102. Oh. Or lighten up the, you know, speed. So, like, the 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 glory over like this super hard throwing guy and some guys are not as big as chapman out here throwing as hard as chapman so like even like just the size of it's kind of you know like so now you're seeing it all different ways so you're like desensitized to a guy throwing 105 miles an hour well, i guess to be fair only two guys have hit like 105 but you know 101 102 103, right but like but no one talked about Oh, the Cardinals' bullpen's in a world of trouble because Jordan Hicks is hurt. Oh, Jordan Hicks is out, you know, out again this year. And and no one's talking about, like, oh, you know, Cardinals are going to struggle because of it. Like, Cardinals' chances to contend have severely gone down because Jordan Hicks isn't available out of the bullpen. Like, no one talks about that. Even if Reyes went down, no one's going to say, like, oh, Cardinals are in a world of hurt. Like, there'll just be other guys that are going to have to get those three outs because three outs is three outs. What difference does it make if it's the seventh, eighth, or ninth? I get people say it's the the 27th out is the hardest one to get. And not to say that their jobs aren't, like, they, that they aren't hard, but, you know, really, is it, should a save go to that setup guy that faces their three, four, five hitter or the closer that faces six, seven, eight? You know, like, who had the harder, like, what was really the save? Like, what shutdown inning really mattered more? You know what I mean? Um, so it's just like, I I just don't know that, you know, it, it's as game-changing as it once was meant out to be. And that certainly could be, like you said, like, more guys just throw hard, and that typically is how it is. Um, I don't think Melanson throws all that hard, and he has pretty fair number of saves for... Um, yeah, he's, for San uh, Diego, um, the, I forget who it was, um, the guy closing in Texas right now, Ian Kennedy, Ian Kennedy. Yeah. He's obviously not a hard thrower. He's mm-hmm. a, yeah, he was a former starter that couldn't cut it as a starter, went, went into the bullpen as like a middle reliever. And then he's just worked his way. Yeah. Worked his way to being a closer. Um, because it, it might be, it's why I think Carlos Martinez was effective as a closer that like, you know, he just had the same problem. He walked too many guys. Like, he was that guy, like, he was like the hipster for the Cardinals. Like, he walked guys before it was cool to walk guys. Yeah. Um, You know, but, like, he, like, if you have four or five different pitches that you can throw effectively, um, 
as a closer, that's a completely different look than, you know, like uh, Jordan Hicks just coming in and he's going to try to beat you with uh, fastball and then like the occasional not fastball. Um, you know, Chapman learning like his split finger um, this year has been a big game changer, but now he, it's not just his fastball or, and maybe it's not even a split finger. Maybe they call it a changeup. I forget, but essentially has the same movement. Um, and compared to his fastball, it is a changeup, but it's not just his slider or fastball anymore. Um, you know, I get to another pitch that breaks in a different motion and you're just like, oh, all right, well, that looked like a fastball and the bottom fell out of it. Like adding that one extra pitch just is significantly better. Like he's becoming more of a pitcher where he was just a thrower when he was in Cincinnati. He was just a thrower when he came over to New York, went to Chicago, came back to New York. Like that's just what he did. He just threw hard and whatever. Um, like Joel Zamaya way back in like early, like early 2000s pitch for Detroit in 2006. Like, like that, that's what he did. It's like he threw so hard, like he was hitting triple digits on a regular. And it was like this mind blowing experience to see someone hit a hundred miles per hour on a radar gun. Um, so, so maybe you're maybe to your point it, it is accurate. Like it's just desensitized that like anyone can do that. Like anyone can throw a hundred miles per hour at the letters. You know, anyone can hit Kevin Pillar in the face with a fastball. Exactly, it's true, dude. We're hitting. Hey, I mean, guys hitting people out there, and they're coming back. You know, you know, walking guys still getting them out. It's all good. You know? Yeah. Then hopefully Kevin Pillar calls. You know, homie, and it's like it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, he said that. Day, he said that if he could see out of his right eye, he would have been in the lineup today, but he can't. So hopefully it's nothing serious. It was pretty nasty. I don't know if you've yeah, seen the replay, yeah. but it was pretty gnarly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the okay. yeah, the Atlanta the Atlanta announcers when I was watching the game, they were like, We're not even gonna show you the replay because it's that gruesome and frankly I just don't want to see it again. And I was like, Yeah, like his face was gushing blood. <laughs> like it it was pretty pretty ruthless. Um But yeah, so so offense has been Heavily, heavily relying on the long ball. Pitchers have decided that they're only going to walk guys all the time. They aren't giving up hits, though. So there's that, I guess. Um, but for for me, the re, the reality check moment was the series against San Diego. Um, so obviously, San Diego's got a ton of hype. They were a really good team last year. They went out and got made their team even better with adding Darvish and Snell. Um they added Clevenger last year, but he's obviously hurt all this year. So they're probably going to be even better next year, in all honesty. Um, but they, so like the Cardinals just got swept in that three-game series. And it, it really wasn't even the Padres at their best. Like, yeah, I agree. Like that series you saw zero plate appearances right. combined from Tatis Jr., Hosmer and Will Myers, all who were projected to get everyday starts in their lineup. Um, So, uh, you know, almost half of their starting offense missing. And then you got had zero innings pitched from Darvish and Snell. And then it's only just seven innings pitched of the 27 innings you played 
if you include Joe Musgrove, who threw five in his one start, and Lamette, who pitched two innings out of the bullpen. And that's their projected, like, one through four for their starting rotation. So, of their, like, of the 27 innings you played against them, you saw their top starters for seven of those innings. Um, and you didn't score a ton of runs, just the 10 runs. Um, it's like three and a third a game. Not not terrible, but I think like four to five is that magic number where you kind of want to be. Um, so silver lining, like the Cardinals did score um, six of those 10 runs off of a bullpen that's supposedly pretty good. Um, at least they they're touted to be pretty good and they've had strong start to the year. Um, and one of those runs included only the second run that Melance has given up all year and his only home run that he's given up all year to Arenado. Um, but the team can't just be Arenado. Like, if Arenado wanted to just hit home runs and have no offense around him, he would have stayed in Colorado. It's probably easier to hit home runs there. I mean, that is a fair point. Uh, he luckily seems to love it here, so I don't think we're... Um, at least he's playing well, and if he wants to opt out, sign another contract at least. But um, Yeah, I, I guess I don't know how... Like, it's totally nice that he's here mm-hmm. because... Like, it's keeping us in games that we probably shouldn't be in at times. It's helping Dylan Carlson in the lineup immensely. Yeah, could you imagine? I don't know to move him around, but... We talked about that, like, Arenado wouldn't be the deciding factor. Like, he's not the difference maker of the Cardinals being a World Series winner and not being a World Series winner. Like, he doesn't take the 2020 Cardinals and make them a World Series contender, in my opinion. But if he keeps playing the way that he is... It'll be hard pressed not to because he's certainly having like MVP type season so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a which is a big deal. Um, so at the same time, like, <clears throat> I I, I so feel like is not firing up Paul Goldschmidt. You know, like we're not getting the best out of that player. Yeah, that sure. yeah, that's yeah. definitely not not worked out in his not where we thought his what I guess like his sophomore season or is this. Was 2020 going to be his first year or is this his third year? Yeah, so I guess, so one, one plus one, like second, second full season, whatever. And again, it's, it's only mid-May. I think that Goldschmidt will, will eventually turn it on. Like he'll have that stretch where he bats, you know, 350 over 20 games. Um, and his batting average will write itself. He'll finish around that 270, 280, 290 mark somewhere in there. But I mean, it's just, it's, the struggle right now. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It becomes very apparent that he's struggling when Arenado is hitting, you know, hitting 10 home runs. Yeah. You know, I, it just, it becomes, it becomes that much more clear. And it's, I, I think it's like an interesting factor that Arenado is doing so well. Cause after you saw guys get paid, like to the same, like to the extent that like Bauer got paid and like the contract that he signed and you don't really know like what's going to go on with like the CBA after this season um, or whatever, in terms of like how players get paid or what other things could be available to him. It's like, there's all these factors that like, if he has this huge MVP season, he may very well be able to go out and like, you know, like if he were to test free agency and you're looking at like teams that are potentially struggling 
for some offense and their third base is a little weak, but they'll throw some money at it. Like, you know, we, we joke around like the Dodgers, they've spent so much money, but I mean, like they brought in pool holes without really a spot for him necessarily. Um, yeah, I mean, he started yesterday. I don't know if he played tonight or not. Um, but he has first RBI as a Dodger yesterday. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they start him at home games almost exclusively or not, because LA is just a huge like dog and pony show. So like Albert Pujols is like a pop name, right? So come take your Instagram picture, come see a little bit of history. Like that totally is like the LA hype move. And I will, it's like, I don't know if you saw like the, the tweet from Rachel Luba earlier today that Mm -hmm. she was talking about like Pujols is like, it's going well so far. And it was like just mm-hmm. a picture of him in the dugout. And like someone just got a hit or whatever. So like everyone was like patting on their head. And he does have like this just big full on cheese grin. Like he's just having a good time. Like just enjoying himself. Um, and I think that that's like a, an infectious attitude to have. Like I, I think it's the, the right way to go about it. It's so like if that's where the it's at. ain't going to pay him no money. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like I, I don't want to say that like them bringing in Pujols means that like they're going to break the bank, but we didn't think that they had a need to bring in Bauer. And if Bauer opts out, like they totally have money to bring in Arenado, like just for the yeah. same money. Like they just, here you go, Nolan have Trevor's old contract. Um, so it'd just be interesting that like if, if Arenado does continue this toward pace and, you know, is in MVP discussion or wins an MVP or something along those lines, um, if that were to factor in like, man, I had the best year of my career and we were knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. Like that's not what I'm out here trying to do. Um, you know, like the, the Mets, you know, could dude, sign me. I would, dude, the, if, if he left to go leave our team and go to the Dodgers, I mean, I just really hope history would write itself that the Cardinals would then exit his, Dodgers team out every year <laughs> until he is out. You know, it would only it would yeah. only make that would just so perfect. But like, and like, yeah, the the Yankees have like Urshela, but it's like cool. Like, would they be in the mix for for an Arenado? Hell yeah. You know, like, yeah, many home runs. Yeah, like if Urshela's defense at shortstop is well enough. You know, like if he's if he's doing fine, do you sign Arenado? You kick Urshela over to short. You move, you know, Torres to second. Move DJ to first, and you look at dealing Voit, or you look at dealing Torres, and you keep Lemayhu at second, or you try to deal Urshela. Like whatever, like it just gives you all the these pieces that you can move around with, um, to to try to free up some space. Like I think you try to package Sanchez in a deal like that. I still think. Philadelphia is the route to go. Um, but so whatever. To, to trade off Gary Sanchez. Oh. <laughs> I think you give them Voight and Sanchez and deal for Real Muto. Maybe throw in a pitcher or two. Like, and, uh, uh. And blowjobs. Yeah, like, uh. Garcia, Sanchez, Voight for Real Muto. Oh, no, dude. Hold on. 
you got this wrong, dude. All you got to do is send them like, uh, like, um, just Gary Sanchez. Yeah, that seems fair. Yeah. Duh. Send them, trade them Luis Castillo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Even you're just thinking long term here, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I would love to see a move like that, but I'm greedy, so it probably won't happen. Um, but no, I, I, so I, I think like that reality check was just that you just faced a Padres team that wasn't even close to their best. And granted, like on the scoreboard, you were, you were close in two of those games. You got blown out in one of them. Um, but it came on the back of like, like, I think the game they got blown out, the Cardinals, all three of their runs were solo home runs. Um, I think they had a couple, like, two-run home runs. So it's just like, man, like, if, like, you're you're just relying so heavy on this on this long ball, um, they aren't getting a ton of hits. Like, the, the bat, like, high batting average hasn't really been there. Um, and they got swept. And so they, you know, beat yeah, Pittsburgh tonight. Yeah, they, they beat Pittsburgh tonight. I'm sure they'll beat Pittsburgh tomorrow. Um, then they have a day off. Then they have the Cubbies coming into town. That's a, you know, relatively mediocre team at this point. Um, they're playing like right around 500. I don't think it'll be like a cakewalk by any means because Cubs always play the Cardinals tough. Um, but I think Bush is a is a hard spot for the Cardinal or for the Cubs to find wins in. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they at least like win the series. So it'll be a week where they go four and one. Like if everything goes right, you go five and zero oh on this little home stand, and they're beating the teams that they should. And if you do that, you're gonna continue to be, you know, twenty three and eighteen, twenty four and eighteen. You know, you're gonna float around that, you know, five to ten games above five hundred. You're gonna hold a comfortable lead in the division because everyone else in the NL Central is probably just gonna play right around five hundred, a couple games above, a couple games below. Um, and then Pittsburgh will be way down there, you know, 10, 15 games below 500 for most of the year, I imagine. Um, so you'll be fine. Like you'll, you'll make the playoffs. You'll, you know, you'll, you'll play one of the, like one of the other division winners, assuming it's the same five, um, that, uh, you know, just same, you know, 10 team field five from each league. You'll hope you'll probably match up against the, the other, non-top division winner, um, which I think at this point will probably come from, like the Cardinals will probably play whoever wins the NL East, would be my assumption. Um, but, again, so at this rate, it would be like, whoever wins a series out of the two teams that don't win the NL West will play the other team that wins the NL West. And then whoever plays the whoever wins the NL East will play the Cardinals in a five-game series. Um, and I I think the Cardinals match up well against any of the the NL East teams. Um, I would say that like they haven't played them that well. Like they're like 500 against Philly. They split a four-game series with the Mets. I think they're two and four against the Nationals. They beat up on the Marlins. So it's it's not going to be Miami. Miami's not going to win that division. Um, it'll probably be Atlanta or New York would be my guess. And I think Atlanta's the scarier team if they get healthy. Cause like, uh, Hey Oscar, you know, uh, 
um, Ian Anderson, Max Freed, Mike Soroka, like all of these guys are capable of having shut down stuff um, as starters. Um, and it'd be a short series. Like you're only going to see those four guys. Um, even a seven game series, you're probably only going to see those four guys because of the travel days and whatnot. Um, so I would think as a Cardinals fan, like you would hope it would be the Mets, but maybe the Mets offense will equate to something at some point. I mean, Lindor and McCann can't be as horrible as they have been so far this year. Um, McNeil's hurt. I think Alonzo's hurt. I think Conforto's hurt. So maybe the Mets will be better once they're healthy and everyone's producing, but who knows? Um, and I, I guess like that's, that's more where, where my head's at like that reality check is that you're, you've played the teams that you're probably like, you've started to play some of the teams you're probably going to see in the playoffs and you're losing to them and they're not at a hundred percent. And the Cardinals for the most part are relatively healthy. Um, yeah, yeah. They're starting pitching, you know, wasn't there. Michaelis isn't there, but I don't think Michaelis is as big of an addition. Like I think Kim was the bigger missing piece than Michaelis. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think Flaherty, Wayno, uh, Kim, you know, Gant, Martinez, like those guys are, are going to be fine. Um, you know, it's really going to be like, it's really, it's like they don't have a strong number four, like a big number four type guy. Um, but I think if you fill in any one of those guys, like I think Martinez, Michaelis, Gant, they're all one and the same to be your, your fourth behind the other big three. And those guys have been healthy. Obviously Hudson is out this year that you would normally slot in as that number four guy. Um, if it were, if he were healthy this year, but whatever. Um, so like the, the Mets aren't really at, like aren't really performing up to snuff and you split a four game series with them. Um, and in that series, like you didn't see DeGrom. Um, I know they're getting Syndergaard back at some point this year. <clears throat> um, now I think they're without Walker, um, as a starting pitcher. So if it's, if you're looking at like DeGrom, Syndergaard, Walker, Stroman, as like they're one through four, like that's a pretty tough matchup. You know, San Diego's got a pretty solid one through four. Um, LA's LA. I mean, the Cardinals typically have their number. <clears throat> so I don't, I don't know. I mean, Kershaw, Walker, Bauer, it's pretty good. One, two, three. Urias is a, a pretty good number four. Um, probably in the same boat as like the Cardinals number four. So it's like when you start to look at that, when you face those teams, even when they aren't healthy with you being healthy, you, you're not faring very well against them. Um, and your, your offense is probably overproducing at times right now because of the home run ball. Yeah. Um, now it's not to say like if these balls weren't getting out, like if they're just other hits, like if those are singles or doubles, it's going to equate to runs as well. So it's not like all of the runs would come off the board and sure they'll hit some home runs. Um, it's just, it's been for me, I think it's just been so key. Cause like they'll, well, I think the second game against the, I think they had like five or six hits and three of them were solo home runs. So it's like, you didn't have really any other hits in those innings. So if those hits weren't home runs, even if they were just extra base hits, 
you may not have driven in a run then. Like, you might have just gotten shut out. Um, and that's never a good thing. So that's that uh, reality check moment is just, as, as we thought could be the situation with the Cardinals the way they are, is that the NL Central is theirs for the taking. They will very comfortably probably win that, but I don't know that they're going to compete with any team that's going to make the playoffs from the NL. Yep, they got to make some adjustments, and uh, we'll see. But yeah, they definitely they get they got to have a strong week this week and win the games they're supposed to win this week. Uh, and then what we were I was telling you the other day they have a tough stretch ahead after next week. Um, yeah, so what is it like Arizona? It's Arizona. The, the White, White Sox, Sox. The Dodgers. Yeah. And so you get the Cubs, the White Sox, Arizona, then the Dodgers, then Cincinnati, which is whatever, but then Cleveland, Chicago. So you've got at least, you know, three weeks of hard baseball coming up. Um, so you better get your games in this week. Better make your adjustments you need to make. Because um, I doubt you're going to find yourself, um, you know, not seeing, you know, some of these guys' top pitchers. Um in some of these games, you'd be extremely lucky to get out of that. Um, but I think the Cardinals need to see that. They need to start you know, proving they can do it at a high level. Cause you're right. Like game one, like, do we really just do we want another year? Like we just kind of like just get ousted in the, you know, round one, we need to start playing some better baseball. In that right. Case. Like whether that's a uh, baseball. Yeah. Whether that's like a, like a three game series or a five game series or whatever. Like if it's just a short postseason. Um, really, I mean, if you get swept in the LCS, I think that that's, that's just as bad as a first round loss, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I would feel so much better about losing in five than losing in four. I don't know why. Um, maybe it's just a me thing. Like, and it really doesn't matter. Maybe losing in seven is the same as losing in four. Um, but I just, I, I don't, I don't view it that way. Um, I would much rather lose in seven than lose in four. Um, I had that argument plenty of times about 2004. Like, you know, would you rather lose in seven in the LCS or get swept in the World Series? Yeah. Someone's got to win. Right. And I, I would rather. I, I guess you're the the Cardinals advanced further than the Yankees, so like at least they were there. So you got that, but. Yeah, like if it's same to same, I definitely like I would want to compete. You know, um, so I guess maybe even if you lost all four games, like if it was like you lost all four games and they were hard fought games and like you were in them and the offense per you know produced and your pitching was all right and like you were just losing games like three to two, four to three, you know, just close games throughout it would probably be easier than like, say like what the Cardinals did against the nationals in 2019, where like they just didn't show up for the NLCS and they just got beat up on for four games. And then we called it a day. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, I, I don't think that that's a step forward for the Cardinals. I think that you don't go out and add a piece like Nolan Arenado and then accept the same outcome in the postseason. Um, and to me, that would be like just being eliminated in the divisional series. Like I, I get that 
technically advancing like if the divisional series is the first round this year that's technically further than they made it last year because they removed a, a round of playoffs but if you don't make it to an lcs this year like i as a as the cardinals i feel like that is a letdown um and and really like i would say you probably need to like win a game in the lcs because you made it to the lcs in 2019 um and then last year it was just like the weird 2020 shortened season odd postseason you know every game was on the road kind of thing um lost to a good san diego team that you know it was just like tough draw that you played them in the first round type deal but i so i think like the Carls need to make it to the LCS and at least to win a game for this to be considered like a step in the right direction. If they win the central by 15 games and then get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs by the Braves or something, that's not, that's not a good year. That doesn't matter. Should even uh, probably, you know, it would definitely go good for Nolan not to opt out if we came close to winning a series. Like, right. came like really close. Mm-hmm. Like, competitive effort. It was there. Bad break. You know, right. Something dumb, unexpected, but played well. Yeah, it'd go a long way for sure. Yeah, because, and just like the big difference becomes too, like, let's say. Let's say that doesn't happen. All right. Well, let's just say Cardinals lose and five games in the division series to somebody, whoever. Um, and it's a good series, like nothing too ugly or whatever. You just come out on the losing end. So now Arenado decides to opt in, you know, whatever. Not, not overly surprising. You know, like you've said, we've talked about before. He said nothing but good say things to say about the Cardinals they were one of two teams that he was willing to waive his no trade clause for. Um, it's like clearly he, he wanted to play here. Uh, so him sticking around isn't really that odd. But for, um, from a Cardinal standpoint, like now that $35 million that you weren't paying this year, you are paying. Um, from the, the efforts that you're getting from like Kim, who's, who's you know, been productive as a starter so far. Martinez, who's had a strong year so far. Wayno, who's been lights out at times. Um, when these guys are all gone, it's like, all right, well, are you are you able to bring them back in? Are there other options that you're going to go out and get? Is it just you know, like Flaherty, Hudson, Michaelis, Gant, Ponce de Leon, and like that's what you're rolling with, and like your depth just isn't there anymore, but these are going to be your five guys. So if anyone gets hurt, you're just kind of SOL. Um, like it just, it, it puts a different look on the Cardinals because it could be the same look kind of team, but with far less options if things go south. Um, in, go the ahead. Cardinals are going to be one of many teams that are in a short stop market mm-hmm. uh, anyway. Um, as Paul DeYoung's not hitting, now he's dealing with some injury. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And there's a lot of them, and the Cardinals are not going to be able to afford one of the top ones, and they're going to get overpaid this year. So it'll be interesting to see if the Cardinals can find their way to get better. Um, do they? I think Carlos Rondon is like, um, they got pretty high hopes on him, but like he's like 20 years old. Like I don't think he's like ready yet. So. 
Um, right, he's like, like he's like the Cardinals version of Jason there. Dominguez. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's some positions that still need to be there. That's for sure. Right, and and not that they like can't afford it, or, like that they they wouldn't they wouldn't spend the money right. to do it, but it's just you know because like like there are other things like you have Carpenter coming off the books and like it's freeing up money like Andrew Miller's contracts coming off the books like for for sure like the Cardinals have money to be able to spend like their payroll is currently going to be less in 2022 than it is in 2021. But you have Arenado's contract coming onto the books. So where before it was like this $70 million you were going to have to fill a lot of these different holes. Well, half of that is spoken for now with just one of those holes being addressed. And like we talked about, if this is, is yeah, right. If this is, if this is what you get from Arenado, even, even slightly less than this, like you don't, you don't need this, but if this is what you get from, it is money well spent. Like it is, it is totally worth it. Cardinals win the deal. It's whatever. Yeah. Cardinals win, win the deal. Awesome. Yeah. 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 But, but at the same time, if Arenado, say Arenado did regress a little bit, say he was batting 270 with five home runs right now, not terrible numbers, not the end of the world, like very, very reputable, very, very strong case for being a service, like being the top end of a third base, like you would be completely fine with those numbers, um, you know, 40 games into the season, you know, maybe a little more than, than five, maybe you'd want him to be like six or seven, um, you know, so we said that like 25 to 30 home run range, because um, right now, you know, he's on pace to hit, you know, 40 home runs. I don't know that you would expect that from him. He's capable of it for sure, but I think you would have expected more like that 25-ish range, batting 280. You would have been very happy with that. So if you remove his off, like if you take that offense and step it back with the way the team is right now, like maybe it is the difference between, you know, them being what they're 24 and 18 right now that maybe they're 22 and 20. You know, like they're just right back to being that mediocre team because you're like, and, and the Cardinals record, it, it looks to me a lot better than what it actually is in comparison to some of the other top teams. Um, because they've done a good job of just like beating up on the teams they should beat, like Pittsburgh, Miami, um, you know, the Reds the second time around, like the first first series of the year was going to be sketchy for a lot of teams. There was a lot of weird shit that happened. And then I think like Detroit swept, like swept Oakland or something like that or whatever. Like there, there's just some weird shit that happened in that opening series. So losing two out of three to Cincinnati, not the end of the world. And then the Cardinals whooped up on them when they played them again. Um, so they're beating the teams that they should. But the rest of the NL Central is only going to be like a 500 team. So I think like the Brewers are floating around 500. So the Cardinals are already like, I think like four or five games up in the division. Um, whereas the Yankees, on the other, on the other hand, they won tonight. So they're, they're 23 and 19. So one game behind the Cardinals and they're in fourth place in the AL East. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so it's just, it, it's like, I, I, and I've literally, I've caught myself doing it at times when I'm just like, God, like, why are the, like the Yankees are doing so much worse than the Cardinals. Like we're in fucking fourth place. Cardinals are run away with their division. And then when I look at the record, I'm like, Oh, they only have one game different. Like, the Yankees are also four games above 500. You know, like it's, 
it's really not that big of a deal. Like the the records are pretty similar. Um, it's just you know the the teams that are in that division just aren't as good, and that's what we expected. Like we knew. I mean, the NL Central wasn't turning any heads last year. They unexpectedly sent four teams to the playoffs, and then you know not unexpectedly had all of them lose in the first round. But I mean, that that's what we anticipated. I mean, like they weren't phenomenal and Milwaukee probably got stayed the same, if not got worse. Um, the Cubs certainly got worse with, you know, losing like with dealing Darvish, they got rid of Schwarber. Um, it's like they just made some moves to free up some space. Um, what Lester left was, was he in Chicago still before he went to Washington as well? Or did he go, did he go somewhere else before he went to Washington? No, I think he just went to Washington. Okay. Um, so like just, just a couple pieces of change. And not that they're like these big game changers. I mean, Darvish obviously is the biggest piece that left, but they they didn't make any they didn't really make any strides to make themselves better. Um like the only piece they really brought in was like Jack Peterson. That was it. Um so it was like the Cardinals obviously made the big splash. They brought it they brought in Arenado. Cardinals were expected to compete for the division anyway. Put him over the top. Um, but yeah, so they just gotta gotta keep beating the teams that they're beating, and find a way to to beat some of these other teams that are you know the the higher echelon of baseball. Um, Yankees, on the other hand. Pinstripes. Let's talk about them pinstripes. <laughs> they, so they're they're moving in the right direction. Um, I think these next two days will be are are pretty big games in my opinion. Um, even though they're playing a pretty poor team. So, like I said, they're twenty three and nineteen. They beat Texas tonight. Um, they've won five straight series coming in tonight. We talked about that a lot. Like you just got to win series, win series. And you're gonna make the playoffs. Yep. Um, they yeah. So they're they're they've definitely been doing that. They haven't. I don't think they've swept anybody in that time frame. I'm trying to think. Um, no, they lost. They lost one to Baltimore. I think they lost one to Detroit. Lost one to Tampa Bay. Yeah, I don't think they've swept anybody in that stretch. But they've won five straight. So then they have this week where it's not it's not a not a tough schedule or wasn't expected to be. Not an easy schedule though. So they had four at Texas and then three against the White Sox um at home. And then you have Garrett Cole pitching game one against Texas. And you're like, all right, cool. Like, this should be a W. And we should put ourselves in a pretty good spot. That, like, all right, now let's just win two out of the next three. Take three out of four. We'll win our sixth series. We go on our merry way. But no. It's not in the cards. Garrett Cole gets hit around. And hit around pretty hard. Oh, yeah. Yankees lose the, season, the series opener. Then they go into tonight. 
Jameson Tyon on the mound. It's looking good through two and two-thirds innings. Just can't get the last out in the third. Gives up three runs. I'm like, all right, down 3-0. Great, here we go. We're going to fucking lose this four-game series to Texas. You know, like the worst team in the AL. Great. Phenomenal. Wonderful. But no, they bounce back. Score seven runs. End up winning seven to four. Wasn't a pretty victory, but they got the job done. Um, bullpen let up like one run. Or no, not even one run. Tyon let up the fourth run on the home run on the fifth. So they came in, what, four and two-thirds scoreless out of the bullpen. Um, close it down. Chapman struck out the side in the ninth. You know, woohoo, fantasy negativeness. Because <laughs> I'm facing Chapman this week. There you go. Um, Luke Voigt came back, got off to a slow start, didn't get his first hit to like a couple nights ago. I don't, I didn't look to see what he did tonight. I wasn't really paying attention to it. He might not even started for all I know. I don't know. Um, but through like his first six games back, uh, he had his first home run yesterday. He's batting like 260. Um, I'll take it. He had three straight multi-hit games going into tonight. Um, so it's, it's looking good and trending in the right direction, but that reality check moment, Chris, he brings it up all the time. Always make fun of me. He'd always, always mention it. Yeah. Yankees would be real good if they can stay healthy, if they can stay healthy, you know, Stanton MVP, if he stays on the field, you know, if he can keep batting. Yeah, whatever. So first month and a half or so. It's been been pretty good. Not not. There's been injuries. You know, Britain's been down this whole time. You know, Schmidt went down. A couple guys missed here or there. Um, Sand missed a couple games. Judge missed a couple games. Hicks missed bad, a couple though. games. Yeah, they 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 were just per, you know precautions in a lot of situations. Yeah, they weren't the only team. A game here and there, guys. And, you know. Yeah. So definitely, definitely not the end of the world. So it mainly hurts like the offense is like things weren't clicking. Frazier's still not really hitting. I think he's batting like 150. Um, Here, let's let's bring up these atrocious stat lines from some of these Yankee players. Oh. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Um, No, I want player. I was like a thousand at bats. Who on the Yankees has a thousand at bats? All right. Um, so some of them starting to work themselves out. LeMahieu batting 277, Judge 295 with 12 home runs, Urshela 288, Stanton was batting 282, Torres up to 234, Hicks was nearing that 200 mark, um, which isn't isn't good that he's below 200, but he's he was getting there, he's trending in the right direction. Frazier 150, abysmal. Uh, Sanchez 189, Gardner 190, Odor 182, Higashioka 196, Ford 128. Just not, it's not great. It's not great. Um, so we get Voight back. Like I said, Voight's in like that 260 range. Perfectly, perfectly acceptable. But at what cost? Now, we are currently without Torres, who's dealing with COVID shit. 
Hicks on the IL, Stanton on the IL. And I was like, man, like a third of our lineup is now gone. You know, when you add that in to like now Frazier and Gardner play pretty much every day. Um, they went and they got like Ryan Lamar. Um, he doesn't have a hit yet. Um, Wade is batting like 280. Like he's he's trying. He's having a, a decent showing, but yeah, you know, like they've had Urshela playing shortstop. Um, yeah, you know, there's pulling pulling out all the stops. Like Andujar was out in left field tonight. Um, there's like trying to to find a way to get guys that can just you know be healthy and take productive at bats. And just every time every time some weird scenario comes up, like Miguel Andujar playing left field, you know what I think of Chris. You know, you know who'd be a great fit to be out there right now? Mike Talkman. Where's Mike he? Talkman. Where's he at? Oh, just in San Francisco. What's he doing in San Francisco? Just raking, probably. I haven't brought myself. I haven't brought myself to look <laughs> at it. It's just gonna make. Right it's just gonna make me more upset. Oh man. He's probably probably just raking Mike, over there. Michael Talkman. Since he's been in a San Francisco Giants uniform, he is hitting 210. Ooh, all right. Two home runs and 62 plate appearances. I think both those uh, home runs were like pretty early from him going over there. It's all right. At least I'll take Salsa knowing he's, he's not doing anything. Ten times. Yeah. He's walked 10 times, struck, struck out 18 times. Yeah. Yeah, that. I could do without that 210 batting average. Now, granted, that 210 batting average is 60 points higher than Clint Frazier. You know, so. Yeah, but he's also probably not not facing as good a pitching. You know, I think the Yankees in the AL in that division, they probably see a little bit better pitching. Maybe I'm wrong in that. Than the NL West? I don't know who they played, but I mean, the Dodgers, the Padres, the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Like the, those teams all have pretty good pitching. I mean, I'm just trying to give Clint Frazier uh, anything. You know? Oh, don't I? I'm a big. I'm I'm big on Red Thunder. I'm not. I I will. I hope they keep him around. I like the way he plays the game. You know, I I think he has the ability to be very good. He's just got to figure it out. It's going to take some time. Um, he's just in a spot with like where you know Dylan Carlson was last year, just a lot older. You know, but he was kind of thrust into the limelight. Like, this year was supposed to be his year, and he hadn't really gotten a fair shake previously. Like, he was only up last year because COVID stuff. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have been at the major league level at all last year. He just would have been floating around in AAA until someone got hurt. Which, so he probably would have been up at some point, but not for any good reason. Not because, like, he earned it. Um... See, so, yeah, I have faith that he'll figure it out. <clears throat> but like that's that reality check. That, like you know, when they when the Yankees had such a good 2019, um the, it was always like that who's next mentality. Like next guy in line, just step up, play, make shit happen, just get it done. Um and that's that's what they need this year, but they just don't they don't have it like the depth just isn't there. Like it isn't uh 
you know, uh, Frazier stepping up to do it. It isn't an Induhar. Talkman's not in the picture. Um, Wade isn't this this option. Um, you know, like you have guys like Mike Ford that are getting everyday at bats at point at times this year. Um, you know, they had brought in guys briefly for like Jay Bruce start of the year on the team. Um, Odor playing currently and, you know, batting fifth in the lineup. Like that's not, you know, when you thought of the Yankees lineup with judge and Stanton and Torres and, uh, Sanchez and LeMahieu and Hicks and, you know, just Voight and all these guys, like you weren't like, you know, who's going to bat fifth in that lineup? Runetto door. Yeah, dude. <laughs> that is a total 500 IQ move. <laughs> that never. Like Cashman did. <laughs> well, that's a Boone move. But, you know, and it's just for lack of other options. Like, you don't have Torres, you don't have Hicks, you don't have Stanton. So you got LeMahieu one, Judge batting two, you know, Voight batting three or four. Sanchez in the mix. Like, I don't even know what the lineup was tonight. Let's go. Let's go look. Like, it's... It's just all over the place. It's all over the place. All I know is LeMahieu let off. That's it. It's the only thing I ever know. Um, LeMahieu, Gardner, Judge, Urshela, Odor, Sanchez, and Duhar, Ford, Lamar. Like yesterday, it was kind of more the same. Like it was more shenanigans, and that was kind of the bigger surprise that Jordan Lyles pitched six innings and allowed one run. That one run was in the first inning, um, and then the second run was just a Voight solo home run. But it's like Lemayhew, Voight, Judge, Urshela, Sanchez, Gardner, Frazier, Higashioka, Wade. It's like they tried out Voight in the two hole. I mean, he went two for four, but Judge went 0 for three. So they're like, nah, we don't like it. But you got Gio Urshela batting cleanup. What is that? What was this nonsense? It's like it should be like, <laughs> like for me, it should be like LeMahieu, Judge, Voight, Stanton, probably. Urshela, Torres, Frazier. Um, probably Higashioka at this point. And then Gardner. Something along those lines. Hicks Hicks in there somewhere when he's healthy. So yeah. So, so I guess really that would be my ideal lineup. Would be LeMahieu, Judge, Hicks, Stanton, Voight, Urshela, Torres, Frazier. What position am I missing? Catcher, Higashioka. <laughs> Sanchez can just Dude, get traded. Sounds so. not like the lineup that I think the Yankees would be playing opening day. Yeah. Yeah. So, or really, I guess it would be. For my dream scenario, it would be LeMahieu, Judge, Real Muto, Stanton. <laughs> that, that's, where, that's where it should be. Voight, 
you know, or maybe Voight, Stanton, Riamuto, Urshela, Torres, Frazier. You know, Bat Hicks ninth. Something crazy. Who knows? Hey, find something that works, you know, switch it up. Yeah. Take a poll, let guys pick where they bat for the night. Fuck it. Hell yeah, it's yeah. straw poll. Aaron Judge, you're batting leadoff. Yeah, well, let's see how this goes. Yeah. That'd be that'd be fun, interesting way to do it. Yeah, yeah. All right, being outscored by two points tonight, and he got nineteen twenty-eight and a half points from his pitching staff, being outscored by two. Come on, man. And I got I got negative point one seven out of mine. <laughs> of course I put Jesus Aguilar back in my lineup. Negative one point on the week. He had like forty points last week on my bench. You know? uh, Gavin Lux looked like he had a grand slam, baby. There you go. Good. Yeah, he's got 15 points on the day. Just totally catapulted my whole entire evening. Uh, and that's who I got to start instead. You know, I was, you know, there was a trade maybe for option for Seager. But we don't go with that. Decline well, it. Seager gets hurt. Gavin Lux <laughs> plays for him. I'll just say, to be fair, if you traded for Seager, you'd still have Gavin Lux in your lineup. So, yeah, the sure. difference... The difference is you wouldn't have gotten negative two and a half points from Cole. That is true. But, hey, hold, no one other started. I've had to do this a couple times with uh, Grinky. Not <laughs> who a good start, then a good who good would you have put in? I guess the only other option you have on your team would have been Anderson, and he has not pitched yet. At least that's the only other guy on your team that is slated to have a start. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I only picked him up because I was putting someone on the I.L., and I was trying to do it quickly, and I didn't know who else I wanted, so I just grabbed a Milwaukee player. But I really didn't have an intention to start that player this week because this is the same pitching lineup I rolled out last week. So, right. Uh, minus, pin, uh, minus Pineda, but I guess I did pitch someone else last week. Was it was Gallon? Was he in last week? Oh yeah, Gallon was in last week. That's right. I I put Gallon on the IL during the week. Anderson. Yeah, during the week, and then I already had Pineda, so I knew I was going to start him, and now he's injured, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh, but, but hey, Grand Slams, I'll take them. But, yeah, and you did you did have high points last week. So, interleague has got two weeks in a row, streak rolling right now. Um, well, there's a couple guys with 80 points already in our... Yeah. Uh, they only have like four pitchers left though, so mm, he's got five. Yeah, uh, Nick um, had he had ten pitchers, ten starts this week. Yeah. To Kurtz, six. I don't, I don't go out and even try to find it. If I don't have it, I just don't have it. Like I'm just rolling out my starters or my starters. I'm not going out and trying to find extra starts, like. Especially because, like, it's so volatile. Like, right. if they even start or not, like, 
so hard to account for. It's nice to start there, but so many times now it hasn't worked out really. So. Yeah, I mean, and Kurt, like, he's only down by 25 right now, but at this point he has negated all four extra starts from from Nick. So he's got that going. Um, I have negated the one extra start, but I'm down by, uh, it's fluctuated, but I think I'm down by, like, what, 16 right now? But it's basically been pitching. It's made the the difference. His, you know, 30 points on the week or 40 points on the week. Yeah. 20, yeah, 39 and a half to my 5.83. And I'm down by 16. So... Long week ahead, though. Long yeah, week ahead. it's a little annoying. I I think I've been outstarted like all but two weeks. Yeah, for sure, been outstarted. I think yeah. most weeks. This is the this is the most, but I think I've had I mean six or I've had a decent amount of starts too. I've, I haven't had a week where I've yet. Yeah, I only had a ton of starts in the first week when it was like eleven days long, and some right, aces got like three starts. So. Yeah. Not mine. I'm sure Garrett Cole started three games in the first scoring period. I don't think he did. Yeah, he starts like three games every week. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. No, he doesn't. Yeah. I got one game out of him last week, bro. Mm-hmm. Bro. <laughs> tired. tired of my team striking out. Nah, you look like shit. No. Strikers are good, dude. I need more people to hit home runs. I just need all the points, please. Can I get all yeah, the I points? Yeah, I find it easy when your guys just hit grand slams. Yeah, that's, I, just, I just, you know, I'd like a week where I don't have to worry about things after Thursday because I'm up by so much. Although, last week, my... Oh, where is it? 258. Last week, my team hit 12 home runs. Um... But... They only had 22 RBIs. A lot of solo shots last week. Last week, but. my team hit seven, and they had 29 RBIs. Yeah. Yeah, they also uh, they were 48 for 162, um, but my pitching was pretty 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 salads last week. So, but as my team should be, I got I got a pretty pretty decent starter core and i definitely have some home run hitters so it's you know kind of what we're looking at so it's performing yeah, I, as it should so. yeah i la- i lost last week i was out started nine to five and i lost last week by 25 points but he got 60 82 83 88, like uh, 92 points out of his starting pitching, and I got, I got 20, 30, 43, 50, so his, uh, his extra starts, about the same, I mean, he had four extra starts to me, nine to my five, and he about doubled my score, and I lost by 25. So, and his, his pitching staff outscored me by like 40 something. So without those extra starts, even starts, 
Alex, when's last week? Yeah, and luckily all those extra frustrating against me this week uh, have been negative points and or lost for the most part. Yeah, you have definitely negated his his extra starts at this point. Yeah, I rolled uh, a one every time and dodged the attack for sure. Speaking of, dude, Dice Throne. We got a good meal, dude. No mass Dice Throne, dude. No mass Dice Throne. No mass Dice Throne. Um, sure, yeah. Um, let's see, where, where are we at? Where, I don't know, where... we were talking about Yankees, and then we went, uh, and I figured, it sounded like you just started talking fantasy, and we easily got to fantasy, like you were kind of done talking about the Yankees. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there, there, yeah, there really isn't much else going on. I mean, like, they... They went four and two, like they won each of the series. And then there are four and three since last time recording. They lost last night to Texas. They beat Texas tonight. Um, but and then they have the uh, big series, the big test against the White Sox coming up this weekend. Um, I am certainly nervous about that because uh, Giolito's not pitching and he's the White Sox worst pitcher. So, mm-hmm. um, but but. Yeah, I, I I don't know. We kind of covered fancy. I mean, we got a some a couple random MLB stuff. We can talk about our power rankings like we always do. Um, there wasn't much change for our teams, but there is a new number one. It's no longer the Red Sox, which I'm happy about. Um, but the Cardinals went from number six to number eight, and the Yankees went bad from drop for getting swept by. Yeah. Yeah, and the and the Yankees went from number eight to number seven, so they're 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 right there, seven and eight. You know, not not terrible. You know, slow and steady. Yeah, well, they'll pounce us there. But uh, speaking of the White Sox, that's the the new number one team in the power rankings. Mm. But there's a new player in the power rankings, top five, and it rubs me the wrong way that they're there. Now at number four, up I think six spots from last week, um, the Houston Astros are now number four. What bothers me about that is they're coming off strong homestand. They played ten games at home. They went eight and two. In those ten games, they scored sixty-four runs. So you know, six and a half runs a game. It's pretty pretty good offensive output for a team that's been struggling uh, for most of the year, and they just happen so to do it at home. Mm-hmm. Is it weird for me just to always be a little bit suspicious? You know, I don't know, but Kyle Tucker raked it last week, so uh, and he was struggle busting it the week before. So were they on the road? Pushing on, huh? Were they on the road the week before? I don't remember. I sat him. Uh, I didn't even play him because I'm like, I was kind of over it. Um, he was starting to do bad. I was like, uh, I just like Grinky was kind of like doing, uh, and I had too many Astros players in, so I just fucking sat him for a week. And then, but he he did well the Sunday before, and he like hit a home run. I was like, uh, I guess I gotta I'll put him back in the lineup because if he you know if that's the game that sparks him, and that was the game that sparked him, he smashed like seven or eight home runs something stupid last week nice yeah yeah i don't have anyone that does that but yeah i don't think you should be suspicious at all it is definitely suspicious 
Um, I wish that Grinky would do something a little more suspicious, but he's currently not good. Not good. Oh, Oakland tied that game up, so Houston letting that game slip. Nice. Um, I saw this as like Gallo's crime scene. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Echo wife. That's pretty funny. Um, but so the the White Sox number one in power rankings, which is which is fitting. They have the best win percentage in baseball um but when we talk about teams not doing it at full power like this is a this is a team that certainly operates under that in my opinion um so obviously like Luis Robert is currently out you know they're one of their their young top guys, but so their pitching staff is pretty good. We knew that coming into it. like when they added Lance Lynn, we were like, man, all right, yep. that's gonna be a, a big game changer. But little did we know that the game changer was gonna be because of these younger kids that they have. I don't even know that they're that young. But the 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 unsung heroes that were going to uh to come in, so we would have we assumed it's gonna be like Giolito, Keuchel, Lynn, the big three carrying them. Well, Giolito eight starts, he's two and four with a 4.97 ERA. Keuchel in nine starts, he's three and one with a 4.44 ERA. Then you have uh, Dylan Cease. Who's two and zero in eight starts, two point four one ERA, struck out fifty guys over forty one innings. Um, Carlos Verdon, five and one over six starts with a one point four seven ERA, forty nine strikeouts over thirty six innings pitched. Lance Lynn, seven starts, four and one, one point five five ERA, forty six strikeouts over four innings pitched. The only pitcher that they have that doesn't have a, a starter that doesn't have Ks per nine over like over nine right now is Keuchel, who has 24 strikeouts and 50 innings pitched. But Cease, 50 and 41. Giolito, 50 and 42. Lynn, 46 and 41. And then 49 and 37 innings pitched, basically, for the other four. Three of their guys have sub 2.5 ERAs as their starting pitchers. It's so dumb. Um, and then they have Michael Kopich, who's pitched out of the bullpen a lot, but he has made three starts. But over his 11 appearances, he has 27 innings pitched, a 1.65 ERA. He's 2-0. and His 27 innings pitched, he also has 40 strikeouts. Like, all they do is strike people out in Chicago. That's it. That's all they do is strike guys out. It'd be cool if they had like a good coach that knew what to do with that team. You know? Yeah, like it. Yeah, just it's so so crazy. Um, I I don't know. I don't even know. I've never even heard of like Tony La Russa. I think is how you pronounce yeah. it. I don't know. I guess he's Are new to the game. Detroit game. No, I am not. No. What? Oh. Oh. Who started? Turnbull. 
Detroit. Just throwing a note in right now. Spencer Turnbull, huh? Yeah. Good. I was hoping you were going to tell me it was Tarek Skubal. I was going to be real <laughs> mad. Is there, are you facing him or something? <laughs> no, I just I drafted him because I, I watched him pitch in spring training a little bit because uh, he was one of the guys that the Yan- like Detroit was one of the teams that the Yankees played. And I, I just really liked his pitching. Like I felt like he had stuff that would play at the major league level. So when he made the roster, I was like, all right, I'll go with him. But I just never found any good matchups for him. It wasn't he was doing bad. He just like It was just never a favorable pitching matchup for him. And so I eventually ended up dropping him because I needed to find some options that I felt comfortable playing. Um, so I was like, oh, of course. Like I, I hone in on a guy, and I make the decision to draft him, and then I just drop him too early and he throws a no-hitter. But Spencer Turnbull is not, it's not a guy I drafted. All right. Loreno, three-run walk-off right here. Against Houston. That would be great. Yeah, now, now I'm down by 20, 23? 23? Right. Seems right. Nope. Back to 25. Not, not, not great. Um, well, that's what I was going to do. I guess I can bring this game up. There's a guy yeah, on base. Ozuna's really starting to play a little bit better as of late as well. Ozuna, you said? Yeah, not like the walk, killing it, but not not striking out a bunch like he was. He was getting a lot of negative points. He's at least not doing that anymore. Last week he had a pretty good week um, in general. but Spencer Turnbull. I think everyone, what, what did I say? I had like, Four outfielders to play. I think they all got like at least twenty points last week. Like yeah, and you. I think you have the. Oh, I guess not anymore because I guess Otani is leading the leading the league in uh, home runs now. But um, yeah, but I mean, I you had yeah, who at one point like recently were leading both the NL and AL. Yeah, yeah. manager has been a uh, quality draft pick along with uh, Cronenworth. The show Kyle Tucker, and at least last week was a great keeper option. He was he's been pretty good at the beginning of the year too. But <clears throat> but yeah, did uh, is Hanniger playing tonight? Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has oh, for three. three. I mean, everyone is. Yeah. yeah. But, um, sad. So we talked about pools a little bit. Obviously, signed. There's one. Oh, good hustle. Is that Kalenic? That's Batten. Kid's gonna be good. Got off the. Yeah, he got off to such a great start. He's been struggling since then, but like it just, it's hard to shut down speed. Like that, that wasn't even close, and it was just a ground ball. I mean, it was a two hopper to second base, and he. Yeah, that's what they've been saying about uh, Tatis Jr. Like he just, uh, I think it's Tatis Jr. He's just 
at the base. Like, he's just so fast. Yeah, like, it's just, it's hard. Like, speed doesn't go into slumps. They talked about it all the time with, like, Ichiro. Um, I think that his big problem is he's over antsy, so he's been pulling the ball Come a lot. Mitch. Oh, on, Mitch. Speak of the devil. In this here, in this here baby, two-run shot. Talk <laughs> about that no-hitter. Talk about that no-hitter. Shink, 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 shink. Oh, that was your pitch. Do you think his arm feels a little different being at 115 uh, pitches with a no-hitter versus like just throwing 115 pitches? Yeah, he probably he'll feel this one tomorrow. He'll have to take an extra cryogenically. <laughs> well, I know it's the Tigers here. They might not have money for that, but um, you know, our guys don't want to pay for that. sodas anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, Mitch! Don't be swinging a bitch. Um. But yeah, so as riveting as it is to listen to us watch the end of a potential no-hitter. I mean, we're one strike away from it, you know? Oh, yeah, no. Hanniger's going to break it up. Oh, um, he's got his hands up. Yeah. He's got his hands up. Don't shoot. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Oh, well, I already know what happened. Oh, I don't know what happened. Oh, do you have fancy up? Yeah. <laughs> Damn CBS. Blew it by him. Blew it by him. I believe another guy threw a fucking no hitter, and it's like somebody that is not good at baseball, really. It's the today's day and age, man. The three natural outcomes that what they call it a strikeout, a walk, or a home run. That's today's baseball. Three natural outcomes. Look at, like, this is how. So we were joking around about how poor the Tigers are. But really, like, they're out there celebrating, and what they're doing is, like, just splashing. Like, they're throwing, like, little drinkable individual water bottles. They're splashing Turnbull with them. Like, couldn't even bring out, like, Gatorade bucket or something. They can't afford that. Or was, like, not COVID protocol to have everyone share a, a cooler something. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I, feel like, I feel like other people did, but... Congrats to Nobody Spencer Turnbull. League, uh, yeah, congrats, Spencer Turnbull. Nobody has him starting, right? Probably, I don't, I don't know. Nobody I would has him. I would say I would say that like probably not, but should should <laughs> should I? Going to pick him up? Are you? Know? you? I'm gonna pick him up first. I'm just nope, kidding. Yeah. I'm not even going to pick him up. He got 20 points in his last start. He's gonna have at least 60 this one. Yeah, he probably has like 70 points on the year. <laughs> yeah, and he had three, negative five, six and a half, and 14. So, and the negative five and a half was against New York. He had three points against Boston, um, 14 against Pittsburgh, and he's beat up on Kansas City every time he's played him so far. 20 points and 14 points. Yeah. So, if you well, find him on a week, he's playing Kansas City. Get him a start, and they play him a lot. Nine, 19 yeah. games a year against those Royals. No hitter. Hey, no, no, Turnbull. no, no hit the Mariners. Only uh, two years experience. Not a big deal. Yeah. Well. Only 28 years old. Oh, and he went to Alabama. Oh, is that the roll tide? There's a big roll tide. Um, All right, well, bam. So now that we got completely derailed and sidetracked, so we called a no hitter. Yeah, and we live. did. We called them that very live. That's pretty cool. Not um, say that. Yeah. Um, so one thing I did want to talk about. So well, there's two other things I want to talk about, but I feel like Larusa getting delving into that 
it might be a lot. So we might have to save that for next week. Um, yeah. In a nutshell, it's just all the stuff that was said about LaRusso when the hiring happened, all the stuff that was said about LaRusso, even as like recent as like two weeks ago, and then how there's crickets now with how the White Sox are playing. So that's kind of what I want to get into about that. But Chris definitely didn't hate on it. He was oh, neither, everyone. Yeah, neither one of us did. Yeah, when they're winning games, they know we'll be saying. Yeah, that. we yeah we did say that you you one hundred percent said that, and I agreed with you that if you're if you're winning, no one's going to care. Um, but so we we've talked about the new rules and and the minors, right? Mm-hmm. So the changes that were made at the high A and low A level were designed strictly for getting more aggression on the base pass. So, so far through the the first, you know, handful of games, it's been um, like 350 plus games total that have been played in high A and low A. Um the stolen base attempts and stuff like that down there are just running rampant. Um, so high A is where they're testing that pitchers have to step off the rubber to attempt to pick off. In 354 games, there have been 632 stolen base attempts, of which 500 of them were successful. Damn. Um, the number of stolen bases has almost doubled on a per-game basis compared to the last three full seasons, 2017, 2018, 2019. So based on those numbers, those averages of like stolen bases per game, they've almost doubled. The team that's currently leading the league in high A and stolen bases, I forget what where they're at, but in 12 games, they have 34 stolen bases. So they're stealing about three, three bags a game. And low A... They are testing um, that the pitcher has a limit of two pickoff attempts per plate appearance. And on the third pickoff attempt, if you don't get the batter out, or if you don't get the runner out, it's considered a balk. So all the runners, are they advance one base. <clears throat> and 358 games, they have seen 617 stolen base attempts, of which 510 have been successful. Same type of numbers, almost doubles the number of stolen bases per game from the same previous three years. So, and comparing to make sure it's not just like a change in the game that people in general are running more. So, if you compare that to double A and triple A, um, in 694 games total between both, they have seen 783 attempts. 559 have been successful. So in about double the games, they've only seen about 100 more stolen base attempts, 150 more stolen base attempts, and an extra 350 games. Um, At the same rate, at the 700 game mark, like high A would have 1,200 stolen base attempts, whereas double A and triple A are at 783. Um... So those attempts and success rate and stuff like that for like caught stealing, um, everything, those are about par for the course individually among double A and triple A compared to those same previous years. 
and it's worth noting like AAA, they're testing the bigger bases, which we talked about might be the biggest impact to stolen bases because it literally shortens the bases, like shortens the distance between bases and you can you get yeah, I can you can get get a little extra lead off because you have a bigger bag to slide back into that you can like get away from a tag so you have extra inches to play with. Um, but they're like the trend has just been the same with that with that change. But changing a pitcher needing to step off the rubber or only being able to throw over twice significantly increased <laughs> stone base attempts and the success rate. Like I think it was like in the low A. Um, it's on like the, the caught stealing percentage is like 17%. It's like the, like a stolen base is successful over 80% of the time. That's insane. Insane. Um, so used to say, I hope they, they take that into consideration and they're not just like, did what we want to do. Let's send it on up to the majors. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, It'd be a massive problem in the majors with like uh, only being able to throw over so many times. Right. It wouldn't go over too well, I don't think. Yeah. It, it. Well, clearly, I mean, even at that level, like at, at the low level, like granted you're playing same caliber people, but it <clears throat> it is what it is. Like the game, like I mean, how maybe like in. Like, like in the COVID year, like maybe more people spent time running because it was something you could do on your own because you didn't have someone there to like spot you to lift weights or whatever. So people as like minor leaguers just have more leg strength and therefore they're faster than what they were in the past. I don't know. Maybe. Or it's maybe. these rule changes. I I think, you know, everyone can come to a proper conclusion on what's likely the culprit. Um, And again, like not to say that like, Adding running game isn't, uh, you know, isn't beneficial, but I think that this might be a little too extreme. You know, because, like, you imagine being in a world where, like, extra inning starts with a runner on second, and the play is, like, teams are just swiping third because a guy has to step off to, to, try to pick him off. He has to step off the rubber. You know, it's like, there's like just no quick move back to second. It's just no good. So now like, oh, ground out, score to run. Just the two rules can't coincide, in my opinion. But anyway, so we'll continue to watch as people report on it. I, I will be interested to see, um, what other effects come into play what the reports are on that stuff um but you got anything else on your end that you wanted to talk about nah man Great. all right well hopefully we can uh wrap up this first trip through divisional play this is uh the end of our first stretch we, we start interdivision next week for uh for fantasy uh, for the next eight weeks, you know, we'll play everybody in the other division once. Um, so hopefully we can, uh, end it on a good note. You'll definitely be above 500. Obviously, hopefully I can, I can go four and three in this first stretch. Um, so we'll let everyone know what's going on with that. 
talk about these uh, big Chicago series coming up because Cardinals host the Cubs, Yankees host the White Sox over the weekend. So we'll we'll have some Chicago baseball to talk about, and uh, seems fitting. We'll we'll get in and talk about La Russa as we as we talk about the Yankees White Sox series. So it'll be good timing next week. Cool, cool. Um, well, yeah. Until next time, stay cool. Bye.